For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook ad changes due to iOS 14.5, new ad options for Facebook and Instagram, and a lot more with Allie Bloyd. If you want to understand how to benefit from these Facebook ad changes, then for sure you're going to want to stick around. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner, and this is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing... AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. And now for this week's expert guest. Ali Bloyd is host of the Marketing Inc. podcast and founder of Ali Bloyd Media, a leading training and ad consultancy for local businesses and local marketers, specializing in Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and so much more. Welcome back to the show, Ali. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me again. So here's my very first question. Many marketers already know Facebook has changed because Apple has updated their operating system to iOS 14.5. And as a result of this, there's been a whole slew of changes to the Facebook ad, I guess, ecosystem. So can you kind of break down some of the things that have changed as a result of this privacy update? Yeah. So before this update, Facebook was able to track users off the platform as well as on. So you used to be able to look in your page settings and under your privacy and tracking and really see everything that you had done on all these other websites that were not related to Facebook or Instagram. So some people were okay with that. Some people weren't. Um, but ultimately, that was allowing Facebook to be able to track pretty clearly what people were doing as well as their interests and the behaviors that they were taking. So that impacted the audience targeting side of things. So Apple essentially told them, hey, you are no longer going to be able to do that if you were on Apple systems, you are going to have to ask people specifically if they are okay with being tracked off of the site. And if they say no, you will not be able to track them any longer. And so with this update, that's exactly what happened. You see a pop-up, you have the ability to opt out of tracking or keep tracking on, which I think we all assume most people are probably going to opt out of tracking. By the way, I have some data on that. Oh, you do? I've heard numbers anywhere from 4 to 6% are opting into tracking at the low end and at the high end as high as 28 to 36%. So no matter how you slice it, you're looking at like 65 to 95% of people are not allowing the opt-in. And this is a once and done kind of forever setting. 
So in light of that, Facebook had to make some changes, right? So what did they change? Yeah. So really, they're changing a couple of different things. We've been told about this impending change for a while. And so one of the first things that people would have noticed is that you had to verify your domain. So in Business Manager, under your event manager settings, you now have to verify your domain. That includes taking a piece of code and putting it in your DNS settings. And so you're verifying that essentially you are the owner of this domain. No one else besides the owner of that domain would be able to do that. The second thing that you have to do is you now have to actually configure your web events. So previously, you could use different conversion events even if you had not configured them. But now you're going to be required to go into the aggregated events manager tab. You've got to select the events that are relevant to your specific business. And you can have up to eight of those. And then you need to order those in order of importance for your business. So if you're an e-commerce business, purchase should be the very first event that you have because that's the most important to you. Initiate checkout would probably be second. Add to cart would probably be third. So I haven't really seen anybody that has not been able to add very relevant events because they need more than eight. I think eight is pretty pretty good for just about everyone. Quick question. How was it before? How did it work before? What's the difference? You really didn't have to do any of that. You had different events. And as long as the standard event code was on your different pages, as those pages had received traffic, you would be able to use those. And you could even use them before they necessarily received traffic. You would just have a little yellow warning sign on it, basically letting you know that they weren't sure if this was actually set up properly yet, but you still had the ability to use any of those events that you wanted to. So does this mean we still should use standard event, uh, the event things in our pixel, but it may or may not be tracked? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, so you still need to make sure that you're either using the event setup tool or you are using that standard event code on your pages. But now this is really a secondary step. You have to go in there, you have to select which events you're going to be using and then order them. So you still have to do what you did before, but now you have to add this additional step on top of it. Now, why do you think they're doing this? I think because they have very limited capability of tracking what's happening off-site right now. And the truth is that... If someone has opted out of tracking, they're really not going to be able to show up regardless in most scenarios. And so I think this could be something that's just a little bit more precautionary to make sure that if somebody has an event that they're saying is very important to them, that they're doing their best to make sure that that is always tracked, even though, you know, like we said, they no longer have the ability to factually track that. And so some of the messages that you'll see if you hover over this little two indication above some of the stats in your ads manager dashboard, you'll see that it says that this is basically an estimate. This is something that they're using as a model, a prediction model based on how these ads are performing. So those numbers are no longer finite, which is really going to disrupt a lot of people in their ad decisions because that's how you should be dictating which ads stay on, which ads are turned off, and which ads you want to scale based on what's actually happening outside of that ad on Facebook or Instagram. So it is more a prediction model. Real quick question, Allie. Is this optimization at the ad level or at the campaign level or across your entire, do you understand what I'm asking? Like, can mm -hmm. you can you have different ads that have different optimization or is that not how it works? 
No, you can. So if you're using a conversion ad, you're still going to select that conversion event that you want to optimize for. Ultimately, again, it's one of those things that now that they no longer have tracking, they're not necessarily going to know the behaviors of people such as, hey, this person often will purchase from an ad. That's how they're building that data based on that tracking of the behaviors. So that's who they decide to send those ads to is who has a history of doing these things. Well, now they're they're going to have the past data that they already had, but moving forward, they will no longer be tracking that. So it is going to be more of a guesstimate. Even something like a lead format or read or messages, anything like that, if you're sending someone off-site, In the past, you were very easily able to still track anything that they did once they went to your site, as long as you had those different event codes. I've actually seen a disruption in that as well. So um, most of our lead generation campaigns, if we're running some of those, those are still tracking completely off of Facebook once somebody leaves the site. But I've had some where we've had purchases that have been made directly from those campaigns. They're not tracking at all. And so I think that really just not being able to rely on your ads manager data as fact is going to be the biggest change that is really taking place from this. Everything's still functioning. You can still do things the same way outside of having to verify your domain, having to set up those aggregated events um, and order those. But it's really your data in making those decisions that's going to be significantly different from reality and very different than what you would have seen previously. What else do we need to know specifically about the changes that Facebook has made other than these optimization of these events? I think it's more important now than ever that you are verifying the results that Facebook is showing you on Ads Manager. So this is something that is definitely going to take a little bit of extra time, but it's going to be time that is very well spent. So I actually have two programs that I use to verify the data outside of Facebook. And now I'm barely even looking at the data inside of Facebook for things like scheduled calls or purchases. I'm really going back to these other platforms, looking at the daily purchases or the daily scheduled calls. I'm looking at those UTM parameters to know which campaigns and which ads are producing those. And that's really how we are making our decisions in terms of which ads we're running and which ads we're not running. So I'd highly encourage everybody to start thinking about how are you going to verify the results of your ads off of Facebook? Are you set up to be able to do that? And if not, what are you going to use to be able to do that moving forward? Jose is asking, what happens to your previous audiences? Are they still going to be available to target? So they are still available, but you are going to get a notification for anything that is especially like a custom web audience. So any of your retargeting data from your website or from any of those events that are taking place on your site, if you have audiences set up for those, it's giving you a notification that these audiences may be impacted and that they may be smaller. It's not telling you how much smaller they are now compared to what they were before. If you pay close attention to that before, you may have some idea if you're just looking at the size of those audiences, but that's something that changes all of the time anyway, based on how much traffic you're getting. So we don't know how much smaller the audiences are, but we do know they're smaller and still run ads to them. The question is how many of those people who have been to your website are actually going to see 
those retargeting ads. The other things that could be impacted are interest-based targeting. So one example of how they're going to get interest-based targeting in the past was all of those things that you were doing off-site that they were tracking. If I'm somebody who is thinking about buying a home and I'm going to mortgage sites and I'm going to the MLS and I'm going to you know, realtor.com and things like that, they were tracking that and using that information for something like a home buyer interest. Well, if they're no longer tracking that moving forward, then the only interest audience that I believe that are going to be valid will be things that they can track on platform on Facebook and Instagram. And so when you think about the things that people are actually doing on these platforms, I would really ask yourself, you know, Are they doing things that would give Facebook and Instagram an indication of if this is their interest? So for example, if you're selling socks, I don't really think that people are going out of their way to like pages related to socks on Facebook and Instagram. I don't know that they're posting about it or commenting about it. So when you're thinking about using interest-based audiences, I really would consider, are these things that people would engage with, like, talk about, comment about on these platforms that would give Facebook and Instagram some idea of if they have this interest. The other would be the lookalike audiences. So this was also the way that they populated your lookalike audiences. If I'm uploading a customer list and I'm saying, Facebook, find people who are like these people. Well, the way they were finding those people is based on all of tracking data that they had about other people online, not just their activity on those sites, but everything else that they've done that may indicate, hey, this person is a small business owner, or hey, this person is in a certain industry or has this certain type of uh, demographic data. I am still successfully using lookalike audiences right now, so I haven't personally seen a big impact. However, it's only been about a week and I did already have those audiences created prior to this. So I'm not sure how much that is really going to go into it, but I can only assume that for certain businesses and certain types of lookalike audiences, the quality of those audiences is going to be impacted by the lack of tracking data that they're going to have on people from this point on. And of course, Android is not really affected. So, you know, that Android audience is not really included in this, but so many people are using Apple products that it's going to be a very significant change, I believe. And only time will tell in terms of the audience changes, I think. Yeah, Ali, that's a good transition to a question from Victor here is he said, is there any way for me to know how, what percentage of my audience is iOS users? Is there an easy way to do that if you already have an audience set up or is that not really easy to do? The way that I would probably do that would be to create another audience that is exactly like the one that you have set up, but then under the devices, select everything except for Apple and iOS, and then see what the difference is between the size of those two audiences. Outside of that, there really isn't a way for them to tell you what the change is. You can look at your Google Analytics. You can look at some statistics. Granted, Facebook removed Facebook Analytics recently from Ads Manager. 
not a lot of people used that as their go-to for audience analytics data, but that was something that would be available there. So I would say probably go to your Google Analytics and take a look at the devices that people are using, and then just assume that those percentages are probably carrying over to these other platforms. Awesome. Okay. A couple of new ad options. First one is Facebook in-stream video. What is that exactly? Yeah. So Facebook in-stream video, this is going to allow people to select different content topics and have their ads show up specifically in videos that are talking about those topics. So up until this point, we've been able to use in-stream video as one of our ad placements, and we could use the same types of audience targeting data that we were using before, but that's really more based on the person, not necessarily the content in which our ad is being placed. In theory, you would think that those would be kind of similar, but for instance, if I am a marketer and I work with small business owners and small business marketers, well, I could choose content topics of small business uh, technology or small business marketing. And then instead of focusing on the people that I want to target, I'm really focusing on the content I want to be included in. And then my ad can show up in that in-stream video. So I think this is going to be a really cool one, especially with these different changes that are taking place with audience targeting. So if you are using video ads, this could be a great way to try and reach the right types of people, regardless of what that tracking data is telling Facebook and Instagram, and whether or not they're going to be included in some of the audiences that you're setting up manually. So I think this is a really cool one. and very much looking forward to testing this myself. They're also testing some ads for reels and for stories. I mean, how would that work with reels? I guess it would be in between a reel that you would see an ad. Is that kind of, you think where that placement's going to go? I think this is really going to be in the Reels platform. And I think it's probably going to be similar to what we see with story ads as they currently are, which is that you can create Reels. And instead of someone seeing an organic Reel, it can be an ad. And they may or may not even realize that this is an ad when they see it. You're targeting the specific types of people that you want to see this Reel. So instead of them just stumbling upon it, we're seeing it in the explore tab or having it just served to them. This is something where you're saying, okay, I want this real ad to go to these different people and they're going to see it as if it was organic so that they can capture their attention and hopefully direct them to the next step. The one thing that I have uh, seen and based on what Facebook and Instagram has said on this so far it does not necessarily look like there are a lot of conversion-focused options for this. And that may be just kind of a first phase. It talks a lot about commenting, liking, sharing, saving, things like that. Really didn't mention anything about getting those people to convert, trying to connect that to forms, messenger ads, things like that. So we'll have to see if that's going to be an early option. I do think people who are already creating Reels, this could be a great way to maybe just grow your audience. It is yet to be seen whether or not this its early stage will be great for conversion-focused advertisers, but I definitely think it's going to be something fun to look into. I know a lot of people love Reels, very much the TikTok vibe on these different platforms so that you can try and just engage your audience in a different way, share something different, and maybe hook them in in a section of these platforms that they're already focused on pretty heavily. I guess Ads Manager is offering something called personalized ads. Do you know what the heck that's all about? 
Yeah. So this is supposed to make it easier for small businesses to get started with advertising. And obviously, as somebody who works with small businesses and small business marketers almost exclusively, this is something that, you know, I kind of have mixed feelings about in a way. The personalized ad dashboard that they're going to be shown and that a lot of people already are shown, I see it as a very simplistic view of these different ad options. I think in their mind, if we can make it simpler for small business owners to place an ad, we're going to encourage more small businesses to start running ads. I don't necessarily know that I love it, at least what I've seen so far. But what is it exactly? What the heck is it? What makes it simpler or whatever? Is it just... uh... It's really more of an AI-based type of thing. There's very limited options that they have to select. It's a much more simplistic dashboard than what we're used to seeing an ads manager or business manager. As somebody who's very used to business manager and ads manager, I hate it personally. Um, If somebody has never tried Facebook ads before, it may be an easier way for them to place an ad similar to, say, boosting a post. But the problem with that, I think, lacks a lot of the detail and the thought process that really should be going into some of these things. And I don't know that they're really going to see better results from using this. I think it's mainly going to be just a simpler way to get small businesses to start running ads on these platforms without feeling immediately overwhelmed when they look at kind of the complexity and intensity of something like Business Manager. The audience network, obviously is also somehow being impacted here with all these iOS 14 updates, right? So what's different? What's changed on that front? Yeah, well, so the audience network is really based on tracking people outside of Facebook and Instagram. And so if somebody's opting out of tracking, you know, how are we really going to serve them ads on platforms outside of Facebook and Instagram because we simply can't see what they're doing? So audience network is still going to be able to be used Definitely the people who have stayed opted in for tracking on Facebook, those people are still going to be shown ads on Audience Network. But I really do think that everyone who's opted out on iOS, they're simply not really going to have a way to serve them those ads because they can no longer track these people's IP addresses to know, hey, this person's in the audience. This is a site that is part of the audience network, and we're going to serve them the ad on this site. So I think it's really going to change a lot of the things we've seen. But I do believe that this uh, in-stream video option, which is something that the audience network used a lot, that's kind of the counter to this challenge. Because instead of saying, I want my video to go to these people, it's saying, I want my video to go in this content on this type of site or this type of video. So they're really doing the ad placement based on topic of content as opposed to the individuals that they want to send those ads to. So I think it'll probably balance out if people are using that in-stream video ad option. That's probably going to be the only way to really reach people that have opted out on iOS with these new changes that have taken place. Allie, if people want to find you, where do you want to send them if they want to discover more about you and all the great things you've got going on? Yeah, a couple different places. AllieBloydMedia.com is a great resource. I have a lot of free tools that are available. Also the Marketing Inc. podcast. I put out a lot of really in-depth content on that podcast. That's a, a great longer form platform. Then you can find me on YouTube as well, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And it's at Allie Bloyd Media. 
And Allie is A-L-L-I-E for those of you that are listening to the podcast. And if you want to add yet another podcast to your listening lineup, in addition to Allie's, be sure to subscribe to my social media marketing podcast, which Allie has been a guest on. Until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. Thanks, Allie, again for coming on. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.